Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you have a story that you'd like to share, you can do so by going to adventure.church slash mystory. Also, if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so by giving online and helping us bring messages just like this one to you every single week. Today's message is from our series called Toxic, in which we'll look at the small things and how they can creep into our minds and cause chaos in our everyday lives. In this series, we'll learn how to defend against and detox the slow killers of our soul. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Today we're going to be talking about bitterness. And this is one that probably uh, affects most of us at some point in our life. Uh, Many of us have had failed relationships and people who have hurt us or maybe done some things to us uh, where we felt like we have been wronged. And there's in those moments, you really have two options. You can forgive them or you can kind of harbor that hurt and you can hold on to it. And when you do that, eventually that hurt will turn into bitterness. And when it turns into bitterness, that's when it becomes very, very dangerous to our life. And so today I want to kick off this series with bitterness because I believe it's probably the one that affects us most and can be the most deadly. You see, bitterness will poison the plan that God has for your life. There's just no way around it. It will poison the plan of God to where... It will choke the life out of you. It will choke the life that God has for you. And in Hebrews, it kind of describes this. It says in Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, it says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And then it says this, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You know, in my house, hopefully you do the same in your, your house, those things on the bottle that say, keep out of the reach of children, you, you heed that warning, right? So you either put them up on like high shelves that your kids can't get into, <clears throat> or you put those annoying child locks on stuff, right? that adults can't get into either. And every time you got to like figure it out and open it up. And and in our house, we do that. We keep the dangerous, toxic, poisonous chemicals out of the reach of children. And I believe that's what God's trying to say to maybe to some of us today is that that you've exposed yourself to these toxins and he's saying you got to deal with them and then you got to lock them up so that it never comes back to hurt you again, to poison you again. So what is Hebrew saying about bitterness? The first thing, it describes bitterness, and it says that it has a dangerous root, or maybe you could even say a deadly root. And this root not only grows in you, what Hebrew says is it grows out of you. It grows in you, and it goes, these roots go deep down into your heart, but then it also says that it begins to grow out of you, and these roots grow deep in the soil of a wounded heart where someone has been hurt and we allow this, this hurt to be absorbed and, and, and these roots continue to like hold it, right? Because roots are designed to bring stability to a plant. So they spread out and then they absorb all the nutrients that it can from the ground. So it's interesting that the Bible says that bitterness is like a root, that it spreads out and it begins to absorb it continues to grow unless 
it is dealt with. So if we leave it and we just continue to let it grow, right, it will begin to do damage to your life, damage to the plan that God has for you. So it's a dangerous root. Secondly, it says that bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Poisonous fruit. Have you ever been around a bitter person before? Come on. Don't be shy, right? You've been around someone like that. They come into the office, right? And you're like, oh, no, they showed up today. I can't believe it. You know, you know the meeting's going to be bad. Or maybe you're hosting a family gathering, and you have to invite them because you know the fallout if you don't invite them, but you don't even want to invite them because when you invite them, you know what you're inviting with them. You're inviting this poisonous fruit. And see, what Hebrews is saying here is that 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 root grows in you and then it begins to grow out of you. And then the fruit, the Bible says that, that our lives should be fruitful of the spirit of God within us. And that fruit is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. But then it says the sin, that sin has fruit too. And so it's saying that if we allow bitterness to continue to grow in our life, that that fruit is going to bear, be, be bared in our life. And it not only affects us, it affects everyone around us. It said that it's a, it's a poisonous fruit that corrupts many. And we've all been around someone like that, where, they, where they're toxic. You're like, man, I don't even want to invite them. I don't want to be around them because they, they, they're just toxic to everyone around them. And so we for sure don't want that to be us. And if it is us, we have to make sure that we deal with it. That word defile or corrupts many in the Greek actually means to contaminate contaminates everything that it's around it spreads it goes into it so how do you know if you're bitter how do you know if you are struggling with bitterness because a lot of times with these toxins again we don't really know they're there until we kind of shine the light on them so five qualities of a bitter person the first one is this is that bitter people always justify their bitterness they always justify it well of course i'm bitter i have a right to be bitter you don't understand what they did to me you don't understand what happened. They deserve for me to be acting this way. They justify their bitterness. Second thing is that bitter people are overly critical people. They pick people apart, right? You're mad at somebody, so you're critical of everything that they do, right? Who does she think she is wearing that? She can't get away with that. She shouldn't be wearing that to work, right? You're bitter at someone, so you become overly critical. Like, that's how I am with the Buckeyes. I get bitter at the Buckeyes sometimes, right? So I get overly critical about the, the, about the Buckeyes. Like, who do they think they are? Have you ever thought that about somebody? Who do they think they are? They shouldn't be able to do that. They shouldn't be able to, to talk like that or treat me like that. Overly bitter people justify their bitterness. They're overly critical. Third thing is that they have a hard heart. When you're bitter, and why it's so dangerous to your life is that those roots begin to grow over your heart. And they begin to make you hard to things. Maybe you've said something, you know, where you've celebrated the misfortunes of someone else. Where someone else fails, someone else has a mistake, or something happens to them. And secretly, you know, obviously we're good people, so we don't say that out loud. But in our heart, we're like, yeah, they deserve it. I'm so glad that happened to them. And we celebrate their misfortune. That's a sign of a bitter heart. Another quality of bitter people is that they, they write off entire groups of people because of one thing that happened to them, right? This time of year, right? All Republicans are just bad people, right? 
or the other way. All Democrats, they're just terrible people, you know, and so we group entire people together. We, we pull them into a group, and because of something that's happened, we think all that entire group are bad. All men are bad because of a hurt that happened to you. All women are bad. All churches are bad. All pastors, all whoever that may be, where we group entire people together. Fifth quality of a bitter person is this, and this is probably the one that's the hardest one, is that they struggle to see bitterness in the mirror, right? We don't realize we're bitter because whatever happened to us, we, we deserve to feel that way. We have a right to be offended. We have a right to be upset and to harbor bitterness towards someone. And today, I want to make this very clear. I'm not trying to minimize whatever's happened to you. Because some of you, you got deep hurts. You've been wounded, and it's been hurting for a long time, and you've tried to move forward from it. You've tried to forgive, but you just can't do it. And so I'm not trying to minimize that, but hopefully today I'm going to convince you why it's so important that you deal with the the bitterness and that you move forward, not for the sake of anyone but yourself. How many of you, uh, this time of year, you're excited that things are turning green again, right? Like your yard's turning green, like you're like spring's coming, the trees are, are budding and in bloom, and so we enjoy spring, but how many of you enjoy pulling weeds? Anybody? Oh, a couple of you, sweet. Uh, I got so many at my house, if you want to meet me after service, I'll bring, bring you over and, and help you do that, but that's the one thing, like when, when the green stuff begins to grow, the weeds begin to grow, right? And for whatever reason... I don't know why, but the, when God created the earth, weeds grow better than anything else, right? They, they tend to grow better than grass and your plants and whatever it is. And so it takes a little bit of extra work to kill the weeds. And what I love to do is because I don't like to pull weeds is I just like to fire up my weed whacker, right? Fire that thing up and just zip them all off, just chop them off. But what happens when you do that? They grow back, right? Because why? Because you didn't pull the root, right? Isn't it interesting that it says that bitterness is a root. And for many of you, you've chopped it off a few times. Like, cut it off. I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm cool with you. I forgive you. I'm moving forward. But then all of a sudden, you see him again, and you're like, it's right back. So why is, that, why is that the case? Because you've never did the work to pull the root. Because it takes work to pull roots out. And, it, and it's not fun, and, it, and it's messy, and it's dirty. So to get rid of bitterness, you got to be willing to pull the root. But in order to pull the root, you have to identify the root. And that's the question you got to ask yourself today. What is this root of bitterness? What is it that causes me to be bitter? Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, and then this is the key, forgiving one another just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. You see, last week we celebrated Easter, and we celebrated the fact that God sent his only son into this world to forgive us while we were yet sinners. And so Paul is, is saying here, that we forgive one another because Christ has forgiven us. So the first thing we have to do is identify this root. And the question you have to ask yourself is this, is with whom or with what am I bitter? With whom 
or with what am I bitter? Who is it? Is it a parent? Something happened with one of your parents and the relationship's been severed for a long time. Dad walked out, mom walked out, left you, never showed up, was never a part of your life. And so even though you've had no relationship for so long, you've still held this root and this, this idea and this, this issue of bitterness. Maybe it's a spouse that you trusted and you put your hope into relationship. You trusted yourself to someone and they hurt you. They cheated on you. Maybe it was a teacher in your life that you respected and they said some things and did some things that you've never been able to get over. Maybe it's not something that's happened to you. Maybe it's something to someone that, you, that happened to someone you love, someone who hurt someone else, right? I think, like, for me, this is where I struggle the most. Like, it's one thing, like, you try to hurt me all you want. I think I'm a big, bad, tough guy. I can handle it. But don't mess with my kids, right? You mess with my kids, like, you ever want to see your pastor go to jail? Hurt my kid, right? <clears throat> Like, that to me would be the hardest thing to get over. Someone hurt, and maybe for some of you, that's it. Like, man, someone abused someone in your family, and you go, man, I will never forgive them. Not for what they did to me, for what they did to someone I love. They hurt them. Maybe you're bitter at God this morning. He didn't show up for you. You trusted him. You prayed, and you prayed, and God didn't show up. So you've been angry. You've been upset. See, the problem with this root of, of bitterness, if, if we don't deal with it, if we don't identify what it is, the longer you let the root grow, the more dangerous and the stronger it becomes. And the deeper the roots of bitterness go into your life, the harder it will be to kill it. The harder it will be to pull it. So you can't just chop it at the surface and act like you're cool and act like it's all good. You tell people you're over it. You tell people you move forward. But but when you really look down into your heart, into your soul, that root of bitterness is still there. And that toxin will poison the plan of God for your life if you don't deal with it. So you identify what it is, then once you find out what it is, you kill bitterness with forgiveness. It is the only thing that gets rid of bitterness is forgiveness. It's your spiritual roundup, right? That's the beauty of the, the roundup is that I don't have to necessarily pull all of them, right? I can spray them, let them die. Then I can weed whack them and they don't show up again, right? And so the spiritual roundup to your soul is forgiveness. But it's not as easy as just spraying a little forgiveness on that root, is it? It takes a lot of work to be able to forgive. But the problem is, is that why most of us never make it to this step, you go, oh, I know why I'm angry, <laughs> I know why I'm bitter. Like, I don't have to identify it. I know it. I've known it for years, and I'll never, I'll never not know it. But the problem why we never move to this forgiveness part is because we wait till we feel like it. I'm going to wait until I feel like forgiving. And the problem is, is you will never, ever, ever feel like forgiving someone. It will never come natural to you. You're always just going to go, they don't, because in, in, in most circumstances, when it's a deep hurt that you're harboring bitterness over, you didn't deserve it. You didn't ask for it. It happened to you. And so you justify that unforgiveness and bitterness, and we don't realize what it's not just, not what it's doing to them, but what it's doing to us. 
And you go, well, they don't, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Why should I forgive? I'm gonna give you three reasons why you should forgive someone who's hurt you. The first one is this, is we forgive because we've been forgiven. You forgive because you've been forgiven. That's what Hebrews told us and Ephesians tells us. It says, you forgive just as Christ has forgiven you. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive you of your sins. I don't like this verse. Right? I don't like this. Like, this is red letters in my Bible. Like, wait a second, Jesus. Like, wait. What do you mean I should forgive them? You know what they did, right? Yes, I know everything, Kyle. Okay, so you know what they did, yet you're telling me I have to forgive them. And if I don't, it's going to affect our relationship. It's going to affect how you can forgive me. And I think in those moments when we have those real questions, right, that God goes, okay, Kyle, why don't you write out every sin that you've ever done against me? Just write it out. Write them out. Uh, it's going to take a while, God. Um, you, you know everything. So, okay, so let's just get perspective. If you were to stack those sins up, how high would they go? Uh, pretty, pretty high, okay? Now I want you to write out those who sinned against you. Compare the list, right? So we question Jesus and go, how can you ask me to do this? Because that's what he did for you and me. That's what he did for you when he went to the cross and died in your place. That's what Jesus did, that he forgave us of our sins while we were yet still sinning and sinning against him. So he says, you gotta do the same thing. In the Bible, I always loved Peter, right? Because Peter was most like me. Uh, he wasn't the smartest guy in the world, but for whatever reason, Jesus picked him. And Peter always kind of ran his mouth a little bit. And he was known to like, you know, let a cuss word or two slip every now and then. So he was just a real guy. Yet God chose him to, to, to be the foundation of the church. And I love this. So Peter comes to Jesus. And so let's imagine here that Peter had, someone had heard him, right? And he was upset. So he says, hey, Lord Jesus, hey, real quick. I know you're busy. Uh, how often should I forgive someone who sinned against me? And then he, he doesn't just ask the question, he provides an answer. He's like seven times, right? Seven, like that would be really good. Like seven, that's like the number of completion. That's how long it took God to create the earth. It's like God's complete number is seven. So if someone's offended me seven times, I then forgive them seven times. But if they come to me an eighth time, like then I'm good, right? Like I can be mad at them as long as I want because and Jesus goes, no, no, no. Not, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Uh, I've never been great at math, Jesus, but that's a lot. That's a lot. 70 times seven. So what Jesus is saying here is you forgive as long as it takes. And as many times as it takes, you forgive. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. But it's tough to do. I love this quote from Andy Stanley. He said this. He said, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. 
But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. So the first thing that we got to do when it comes to getting rid of bitterness is we got to get the proper perspective around it. We got to remember who we are. We got to remember the times we've hurt people. We got to remember the times that, that we've sinned against God and get it into perspective of the cross and what it means. And you go, you know what? You don't deserve my forgiveness, but I don't deserve God's forgiveness. And so I'm going to choose to forgive you. So we forgive because we've been forgiven. Secondly, we forgive because we have to realize is forgiveness is more for you than it is for them. Forgiveness is more for you than it is for them. I love the quote that says, bitterness is like drinking poison, right? It's this toxin. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Like, we, we, I'm right. I'm justified. They deserve it. Well, do you think your bitterness is affecting them? Do you think it's hurting their life? Absolutely not. It's affecting us. And it's a slow killer of your soul that will poison the plan that God has for you. Science has proven that bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment that we have not only harms you spiritually, according to Scripture, that it harms you mentally, it harms you emotionally, it harms you physically. Where, like, it's been proven that people who are unforgiving, you know, have bitterness and those things in their life, that their blood pressure is higher, that their health is worse. That it's a, it literally poisons you. It's a cancer that will continue to spread unless you're willing to do with it. And when you hold bitterness towards someone, bitterness keeps you, your, your wounds open. It doesn't allow healing to take place. It doesn't allow God to come in and begin to, to bandage up your wounds and to bring healing into your life and into your heart. And what we fail to realize is, is that forgiveness really sets you free. It sets us free to where we can move forward and heal. And forgiveness is the only way to move forward in your life and God's plan for you and the purpose that he has for you. You see, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover the prisoner was you. It was you all along. They deserve it. They don't deserve my forgiveness. You see, forgiveness isn't about them. It's about you. So if you're allowing bitterness to, to control you this morning, if you're allowing those things to still harbor in your heart, if you don't forgive, essentially what you're allowing that person to do is to keep you chained up, to keep you bound up. So here's the question, I think, every bitter man and woman needs to ask themselves, how long are you going to allow people you don't even like, people who are no longer in your life, and maybe even people who aren't alive anymore to continue to control your life? How long would you allow that to go on? My prayer today is that you wouldn't allow it to go any further than, than today that you'd be willing to, to do the difficult work of identifying and pulling that root 
because it's poisoning you. It's poisoning those around you. So we forgive because we've been forgiven. We forgive because it's not about, it's more about us than it's about them. And you also forgive because when you forgive, it puts God's forgiveness on display. To me, this is a powerful thing where you have an opportunity to not just that person who obviously needs Christ, who hurt you, but to those around you because your, your bitterness will affect everyone around you, but your forgiveness will also affect everyone around you. Have you ever had someone that's come up to you when you've been going through a difficult time, yet you have peace, and they go, I don't even understand how you have peace right now. Like, how can you, how can you remain so calm about this? And you know, like, if, if, believe me, if this wasn't, if God wasn't in me and I didn't have Christ, I would be off, out of control right now, right? It's the same way with forgiveness. When you say something like this, like, like you forgive someone, and in your family, people are going to go to you and go, I don't know how you forgave them. They didn't deserve your forgiveness. Why are you forgiving them? Why are you, why are you moving forward? And you can go, look, it's not me. Like, I can't forgive them in and of myself, but Christ in me can forgive. And they go, well, why are you forgiving? And then you can answer the question with these answers right here. Man, I forgive because God forgave me. I didn't deserve his forgiveness, yet he freely gave it to me. I forgive because it's not about them, it's about me. And I realize that my unforgiveness and my bitterness is doing damage to me, and it's doing damage to my family. And so I'm going to let them go. And I want to point people to Christ and to say, look, it's not about me. It's about what God is doing in me. And so I forgive so that others may come to the, the knowledge and the truth that I know in Christ. So, what do you do now? What do you do? What are the steps that you got to take? The first thing I think this morning is, is that you need to realize that it's a process, okay? It's a process. Healing is a process. Forgiveness is a process. But today, I think God's just asking some of you to open the door to that process, to say, I'm willing, God, to begin the process. I'm willing to open the door. And that's hard to do because what it, opening the door, right, it's easier just to keep it, just shove it away, just to keep it away. Because when you open that door, all the memories, all the hurt, all those feelings, all those emotions, they resurface. So it's easier just to keep it closed. And today I think you need to realize that it's a process and that God is saying, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to bring up a lot. I know you hurt. But listen, if you open the door to this, if you allow me to come into this situation, man, I can do something supernatural. This won't hold you back anymore. This won't be a wall between me and you anymore. This won't keep you from the future that I have for you. But you got to be willing to open the door, realize it's a process. Second thing you got to do is you got to pray. And then you got to pray again. And then you got to pray some more. And then you're going to have to pray more. And then you're going to have to pray again. And then you're going to have to repeat until you die. It's going to be a broken record. You just got to hit the repeat button on prayer and say, God, I'm just going to keep praying. Because listen, you'll never feel like it, okay? You're never going to feel like it. So you pray and you go, God, I don't feel like it. But I'm going to be obedient to your word, and so I'm going to pray. And when you do, you're opening the door to the Spirit of God 
to do a supernatural, not natural, supernatural work in your life. It's where I believe that you can be totally healed yourself, that you can be totally set free from the situation and the hurt, and you can move forward in your life, and you can point people to Jesus and go, how, how did you move, how did you get over that? I mean, God healed me. I opened the door. You have to pray the power to forgive someone. I think we also have to recognize that depending on the situation, this is not possible in all situations, and I understand that. Depending on what's happened, and the, there's just a lot of ramifications that I understand that this may not be possible, but according to Matthew 5.23, Jesus says the goal, if possible, is reconciliation. That God actually wants to reconcile that relationship. And again, why is that so important? Because it's more about you than it is about them. And reconciliation is what God did through Jesus for you and me. He reconciled us unto himself through the forgiveness of what Jesus did. And so that's his goal. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23, he said, if you, if you have any unforgiveness towards anyone, he said, you need to go to them and make things right before you come to church. He was telling people who were coming to the temple, he said, before you go to the temple, before you worship, before you do anything, he said, if you have any unforgiveness in your life, just, just go on out, get in your car, don't do it right now, okay? Get in your car, go deal with them, then you can come worship me again. Because all that stuff that you're dealing with, it's affecting you and me. So go deal with it. Go deal with it. And he says that's the ultimate goal that we, we can get to reconciliation. So we realize it's a process. We've got to pray for God to help us. And then we've got we to let God handle it from that point. This kind of comes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago. God asks of us to do what we can do and to trust him with the rest of it. So I don't know what he may be asking you to do. I don't know who, with whom, or what you've been bitter about. But I do know if we're obedient to God's word, and we allow God to work in that situation, that if we do what we can do, I know God will do what he can do. And God can bring healing. He can bring reconciliation. He can do something far beyond what we could ever imagine. Because he's God and we're not. So we let him handle it. And we realize that it's up to him to punish them. To deal with their stuff. The Bible's very clear that we reap what we sow. That nothing goes without God understanding and seeing it. That God will hold people accountable ultimately for what they've done. And so we got to let God do his part. We do our part. C.S. Lewis said, Getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. I think for some of us today, that's what God's saying. Would you just be willing to let this go? Would you be willing to let this hurt go? Not for them, for you. Not for them, but for me and what I've done for you. God has more for us. He wants us to move forward into all that he has for us. But oftentimes, this toxin of bitterness keeps us from moving 
into the plan that God has for our life as the band comes and we close out this morning. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says this. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. He says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Don't let evil conquer you. Don't let bitterness rob you of all that God has for you. You're not hurting anybody but them. And I get it. Listen, I may not understand what you've gone through. Maybe I haven't been hurt like you. And I'm not minimizing what happened to you. Please don't, don't walk out of here today saying, well, he just... He doesn't think it's a big, no, no, no. I, I know it's a big deal. I know it's hard. I know how difficult it can be to, to allow these things to come to the surface to, again. But I truly believe in God's word. And I know the only way that you can move forward is to forgive. As hard as it may be, it's the only way that you can move forward. So today I think God is asking you, don't let evil win, but conquer it by doing good. What is the good that we can do? We can forgive, even when they don't deserve it. Don't let bitterness poison the plan that God has for your life. Don't hold back anymore. Open that door. I know it's going to be difficult, but I believe God wants to heal your hurt this morning but you've got to give him permission to do it. See, Scripture tells us that God never goes anywhere that he hasn't been invited first. He says he stands at the door and knocks. He waits for you to open the door. And it says when we open the door, he'll come in. For some of you, that's the hardest part in this whole thing. You've chopped the weed down before, but you've never dealt with the root. Today, God's saying, I want to deal with the root. I want to yank this thing out for good so it never comes back to harm you again. You've got to be willing to invite him in. You've got to be willing to open every door of your life to withhold nothing. We're going to sing this song here in just a second. Just saying, God, I surrender everything I am to you. God, I withhold nothing from you. You see, we always think like withholding stuff from God is it's like, control, you know, like, well, God, I'm not going to give you this. I'm not going to give you that. And we kind of try to hold on to certain areas of our life, like where I'm not going to hold on to anything. And what sometimes we fail to recognize that some of the things that God just wants us to let go of is that hurt, that bitterness. And so God, I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. You do deserve to hold on to it. You have a right, but you got to release your rights. And say, God, I'm going to put it in your hands. God, I'm not going to withhold anything from you. And I believe if you do that this morning, that the process, and it's a process, remember it's a process, it's a healing will begin to, to take place in your life.